Thank you. Yes, beautiful, isn't it? What wonderful words. Hold us firmly in your hands. May we rise to her example, to be humble, kind, and fair, swift to pray and slow to anger, choosing faith and not despair. Amazing words. And um, goes on, the oil was poured in Christ's commission, called to lead her people there. May we know that same anointing, moving royal authority, then speak liberty and healing to a world in need of peace. What a great reminder of the great commission, of the great command, of the call of Christians to uh, declare the good news and bring the good news. And um, also, Lord, forgive when pride and envy leave our nation bruised and stained. Turn us back to order calling to make your name great again. May we rise above divisions. Lord, our brokenness we bring. Lord, just uh, beautiful words and a great reflection and honor, I think, to the Queen. And, um, but a great reminder. It, it's, uh, I'm so grateful for it. It's, as we introduce the theme of kindness to one another today, it, it preaches my message for me. It's just wonderful as a summary and a prelude to what we're going to look at today. Um, and the excitement and the hope that, the, as the words say, may we rise with Christ to witness and you heaven and earth displayed. Ours a robe that will not tarnish, hers a crown that will not fade. Just beautiful words and um, uh, really encouraging. And um, I'm being uh, amazed. And actually, thanks to Rab and Stella, last week came in wearing black morning. And I, 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 it was sort of woken, awoke me up to, oh, this, this, there's something going on here that I hadn't by that point recognized. I was just frustrated the football was canceled um, that weekend. And, and it was like, oh. And then all week, it's just been a growing awareness of what's going on with the Queen and um, seeing the, the response from the nation and the world, really, to this uh, wonderful lady and understanding more of maybe what she was and who she is. Uh, it's just thought, oh, this is, this is really significant. This is like, this is, feels like spiritual revival somehow that though it, like Mel said all the people turning to church recognizing and honoring somebody worthy of honor and respect a, a leader that stands out in this generation and uh, you know the the desire is that oh, we, let's be inspired let's catch this moment let's uh, move forward from that inspiration and um, the I'm going to be reading a bit quoting a bit from my words this morning, so sorry if it was a little bit um, recital, but um, for me, the, 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 the kindness of God that we're talking about today, part of our series um, that we're doing, um, is, is, you know, is ultimately we're going to see revealed in, supremely in Jesus, His kindness. As followers of Christ, we're commanded to be kind to one another, just as God has been kind to us. And the, and the, the wonder of God, though, is that through his Holy Spirit, he transforms us, I believe, from the inside out to become not just doers of good deeds. It's not a secret or a, a special to the Christian faith or to Jesus to be kind. But the wonder of God is that he doesn't just encourage us to be kind. He transforms us into becoming kind people. The work that he did on the cross and the gift of his Holy Spirit transforms us from the inside out. 
And um, as we're reflecting on the passing of Queen Elizabeth this week, a devoted follower of Christ, it's clear. And she certainly seems to have personified kindness as an example of how we too are to become people reflecting the kindness of God in everyone we meet. So yeah, um, great for that helm. Thank you for that. Thanks, Clara, for printing all this off and um, for the people involved in that helm. And I um, hope we hear more of it. And it gets a lot of... Um, response as well and then uh, it's amazing seeing the stories that are coming out uh, I don't know if you're following it you can't hardly not see it if uh, what's going on the stories the anecdotes in the news and the press and TV the reports of people coming in it's just brilliant and then um, everybody's got a story we've got a story um, in our family um, Sally's dad Scott Hutchison was a minister of the Kirk of the Church of Scotland and um, was invited twice to preach to the Queen at Crathy uh, Kirk uh, in Aberdeenshire in the 70s, I guess, some while ago. And um, he, he, we've been seeing, recounting and, and hearing the stories from the family of how uh, Scott explained how, how amazing it was that, uh, you know, it's a tradition, the, 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 the minister, ministers get invited to preach. But, but they're not just come on a Sunday. They're invited to join the family, the royal family, on the Saturday to dine with the royal family and to then enjoy the evening entertainment together. And um, Scott's account was of, we think, Laurel and Hardy films projected up onto the screen somewhere in Balmoral. And the, she, he was tickled by the, the queen having the biggest, loudest laugh uh, in those moments. And just, just you know, imagine every, your Saturday night, you're, you, you know, you're welcoming the minister into the family. And it's just brilliant, isn't it? What kindness. Um, and then after the sermon on the Sunday, he, he was given two pheasants as a thank you. That was in the 70s, so it's maybe changed since those days. And we hear it, it, it continued, that tradition continued to the last day. And Jimmy mentioned that our local minister was up preaching uh, at Palmer as well. What a great thing. And um, Scott's confession, though, was that when he was in his bedroom preparing his last moments with his ink, and you can't believe it with what's going on this week with Prince Charles and the ink gate thing. Did you notice that? <laughs> Scott also shook the ink all over the white sheets <laughs> of the bed. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. I don't know what happened. Maybe there's more to tell from that story, but that's all I know. Anyway, amazing. Uh, um, so, yeah, just, just beautiful kindness. And uh, lots of, one of the stories I really liked, I saw in the press, uh, the Queen meeting an Australian indigenous elder called Patrick Jargon, uh, Australian indigenous. So this was in the late 90s, and there was, uh, Australia were looking to remove the Queen as head of uh, the state or whatever she is and become a republic. So it was almost, well, it was coming as an indigenous people and then, you know, almost uh, with a bit of tension in the background. But um, his story is that the Queen and his words made us feel human. She was so welcoming. She thanked us and disarmed us. Uh, by, and she, we were disarmed us by her. She, she, she made us feel human. Just beautiful. She took an interest in us. And um, she was genuinely interested in what she had to be. It was the first time, he says, that I think we were truly treated properly. Isn't that amazing? Brilliant, beautiful story, and lots more, and uh, it's great following them in the, in the press. Um, 
Rana, can you slip on to the next slide? Thanks. And um, I'm going to reflect on, on this. And I think, and I hope that the Queen I s seems, and I su suggest from all that uh, we're hearing about her, wants to point to Jesus with her life. And um, I hope I can do that a little bit, quoting from some of her words too. Um, but we're starting in, this, in the scriptures, in the, in the, in the, the Hebrew words, and, and the first thing to say is, when we're thinking about kindness, firstly and foremost, God is kind. God is kind. And the, the ancient prophets spoke of, in beautiful terms, of how they had had the revelation and understood that God was kind to the nation of Israel. It says in Hosea, it was, I, it was I who taught Ephraim to walk, talking of God. This, this is God's word to them, Ephraim being the nation of Israel, taking them by the arms that they did not realize it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like the one who lifts up a little child to the cheek and I bend down to feed them. The tenderness of God already um, being revealed to, to mankind. And uh, the Jeremiah, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. And the Apostle Paul um, speaks in the, in the New Testament uh, that uh, when he was addressing Greeks and sort of communicating the gospel to people who knew nothing about uh, Jesus, he said, yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in the season. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. To the, to the Greeks who had many gods trying to identify the unnamed God that they had, he was speaking that God pours out kindness to us just by creation, just by our provision, just by the abundance of um, food that exists and rain that is poured in the world. And um, uh, just kind. God is kind to everyone, <laughs> to everyone, to every nation. That's a key part of the message of Jesus. And um, yeah, uh, it was um, a quote from Queen Elizabeth in 2000. She says, to many of us, our beliefs are of fundamental importance. For me, the teachings of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. Like so many of you, I have drawn great comfort in difficult times from Christ's words and example. Queen's words, 2000. Brilliant. And the next slide. Um, some more scriptures from the New Testament, from Paul's writings again, as he realized that the fullness, and this, this is a common theme within the Bible, that what is gradually revealed through the Old Testament is fully revealed in Christ. Everything is leading up to the coming of Christ and the kindness of God, Paul recognizes in Titus, that the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared when it appeared with Jesus, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. This gospel, this work of Jesus is kindness to us. God is kind to us fully and foremost in Christ. And he goes, he goes God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages... That's you and I right now. In the coming ages, 
he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. God is kind. Jesus is supremely kind, and he calls us to be kind and compassionate um, to each other. The Queen again, 1981. Christ not only revealed to us the truth in his teachings, he lived by what he believed, and he gave us the strength to try to do the same. And finally, on the cross, he showed this supreme example of physical and moral courage. Ultimately, as Christians, we are called to be kind and compassionate to one another. But we have the, the Holy Spirit filling us, available to us, through Jesus' salvation in Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, um, tolerance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. It's beautiful what Paul says, or do you, in Romans 2, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, and realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Beautiful, and that's what we want as we are kind to one another, as we are kind to those who are seeking God, or in, uh, they, they, we hope that they turn to God, change their mindset, come to an understanding of who Jesus is, begin to agree with Paul and the Queen that He is our Savior. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ gave you. And forgiveness is a key part, maybe the ultimate gift of forgiveness, I think. Um, the Queen again, 2011, although we are capable of great acts of kindness, history teaches us that we sometimes need saving from ourselves, from our recklessness or our greed. God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important though they are, but a savior with the power to forgive. Kindness and forgiveness go hand in hand. Um, and there's so much more to talk about forgiveness, but just a little note in it, I think. And I struggled with understanding what forgiveness really is sometimes. And, um, but I'm convinced it's not the um, removal of justice. God promises justice will be done ultimately. So it's, it's, it's not people being let off the hook for something they did. Forgiveness is different. Forgiveness is... I think, firstly, the key to ending a cycle of violence, of retribution, is key to that. We can see it everywhere in the nations. This continual hurt and violence and murder being responded to by the bigger and worse crimes. And it's terrible that we see the human nature, the humankind in this way. And it's, we're, we're rife with it. It's not for going of Justin, but it's, I, I think, and I hope, and I believe it, when Jesus is talking about forgiveness, he's trying to help us and set us free. It's the unwillingness, perhaps, to hold on to resentment and bitterness for a wrong done to you. It's the ending of wanting the worst for someone, their demise or their comeuppance. It's letting go of that and saying, no, I want actually the best for them. I don't want them to fail. 
I don't want them to trip up. I actually want the best for them. And, and I want justice to be done. I think that's, that's still part of it. But forgiveness sets us free from bitterness and malice and resentment that eats us up. So the gift of kindness through forgiveness is definitely key. And um, just um, coming to the words of Christ, Jesus, uh, next slide please, Rana, spoken parables, as you know, and one of the most famous is the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And uh, it resonates through culture and society, secular and Christian. It's one of the most famous parables, I'm sure. And I think it's a story of kindness, uh, but it's more than that. There's lots to it, and again, we could spend a lot of time on this, but just we'll want to put, quickly draw out a couple of things as we um, encourage one another to be kindness, to understand what does, what does that mean? What does Christ, what does Jesus talk about? And in this parable, uh, we see it up there. Um, I won't read it all out, but the context is uh, this expert in the law asking Jesus, and they agree that the love of God, loving your neighbor, is the most important thing that God desires, that that is the right thing to be doing. And they agree on that. Great. But then the expert in the law just asked a slight curveball. But Jesus, who is my neighbor? And, and in many commentaries, and it, 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 we can infer ourselves, is he's asking, who do I not really need to love? Who's outside my circle of, yep, I'm going to love you. Don't need to love you because you're an enemy, you're below, you're beyond, you're out with. And you think, gosh, who would do that? But don't we just, don't we just, don't we just? Churches, gosh, we're not good at loving those sometimes in different denominations, let alone people of different faiths, people of certain lifestyle choices we find particularly difficult to love, don't we, sometimes? And whether you're in a church or not, it's who's in and who's out, who's in your in-crowd and who's not. And it's almost natural to, to love those who love you, but it's not to love those who are seemingly different or against or, or attacking you. But Jesus came and said, love your enemies. Love your enemies. And he cited this story because the Samaritans were the enemies of the Jewish people in that time. Like real, proper, you know, completely hated. And he cites a story of the, the hero, the, the Levite and the priest who should be the best of followers of God. Passing by the poor guy who's been broken and beaten up and left to die. Until the Samaritan comes along, the enemy of the Jewish people and... And it says beautifully here, but a Samaritan as he traveled came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man in his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. 
Many people have commented on this in the suggestion, and Martin Luther King, no less, preaches on this famously, this, this passage. He suggests that the priests and Levite, knowing the law, would be aware that they would become unclean, and they wouldn't be able to go to the temple to worship because he was bleeding and might be dead, might be dying. They may have been, he suggests, just afraid that the robbers were still around, or there was a trap and they were going to get beaten themselves. But whatever they do, they, they pass by. Martin Luther King says, and I quote him, he puts the words in their, th- he assumes what, he imagines what they're thinking, and he, for the Levite and the priest, they're thinking, he says, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? Martin Luther King goes on to say, but the Samaritan comes along, and he reversed the question. He says, if I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? What a difference. What vision, what sight, what, what yeah, oh, gosh. I'm immediately convicted of that. What will this involve me if I go and help this guy or this situation? I'm going to get involved. Oh, I just don't have time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the, you know, the responsibility. But here it is, the key possibly to kindness and compassion, being prepared to think, well, what, what can I do? And um, it's a brilliant insight, I think. It's the, the essence of kindness, and um, I'm surrounded by heroes of kindness here in my family and otherwise and in the world, and I'm quite convicted of this uh, lack of compassion that I often feel, uh, and I, I identify with the Levite and the priest, to be honest, and I'll just sidle on by that situation. But Scott, for example, Scott had just I'm shuffling up because he was crippled from polio as a young man, minister, chaplain to the overseas students in Glasgow, heard that at the top floor of a 10-story block of flats in Glasgow, somebody was in despair, suicidal, and he tried to get in, and he couldn't, the lift wasn't working, so he puts down his calipers and just shuffles up 10 flights, knock on the door and say, you must come out, you must come out, and the guy... Um, didn't at first, but ultimately spoke to Scott and didn't take his own life. His wonderful daughter, Sally. <laughs> um, can't go past anybody on the street easily. And I'm like, she's like going, to the extent that, and I wasn't there, but your story of the lady with no shoes, in the cold and the wet, I'm not sure where you were, what you're doing. But not just giving some pennies. Saw the lady with no shoes on, took her own shoes off, left them with the lady and walked home barefoot. Amazing that some people look out for the Samaritan, for the, 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 the needy person on the road. They actually go out looking for it. The, the Dowds family who are celebrating in... Uh, Croatia, I think, isn't it, Clara? Uh, with Jimmy's 70th birthday with his sons and uh, uh, daughters and son-in-laws celebrating. They're, they're, they're remarkable. Hospitals built in Haiti, orphanages, um, untold kids saved from compassion. Aaron speaks to, you know, just 
that, Clara, you can maybe recount, people that he just picks up along the way, his anecdotes, the, the, looking out for the, for the needy. It's just, it's just complete, I have to confess, completely beyond me. <laughs> I just, it's just, I'm surrounded by those examples and I admire it, but it's like, oh man, I need the Holy Spirit. I'm comforted though, at least. Uh, and the, some of you and many of you are like that. Looking out, Mel, starting the, the embracing life, and so many of you reaching out to friends and family and people in need. And I know you do, and I know you, many of us are, are, are doing that, and it's tremendous to be part of this community. I need you guys to help me become kinder and follow that example. And that's um, tremendous. And, uh, but the Good Samaritan the, takes him to the inn, cares for him, and then leaves him. And it just reminded me, and he paid the innkeeper to look after him, that there's also, and if you identify a little bit with me of, you know, gosh, what do I do? If you, if, be encouraged by this. I'm sure this is speaking about those who are in the care professions. You may think, well, I'm being paid for this. I'm not doing kindness. But the way we reach out to our kids in our classrooms, the, the patients in our hospitals, the, 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 the charities that we support, the people in the food bank that come in, that kindness, that opportunity, I think we're doing that too. We're doing that too. We're showing God's kindness and just to recognize that. And I want to encourage everybody to catch that vision of when you're going around in your job and it's routine and dull, how often you're actually bringing benefit to somebody. And it may not just be in the caring professions, in the, the nursing and the teaching, but in many areas, you're just giving help to somebody to do something. Kindness possibly isn't so far away as we think, or so difficult. I just want to end there with that thought that kindness is something that God gives us to give away. And the Queen was a shining example of that. So thank you to the Queen. I think I um, just want to finish up. It feels appropriate to give a little bit of honor to the Queen. And, and as a bit of starting a little bit of ministry, maybe the band can begin to come back up too. But let's stand together. And um, I think that's it would be good just to have a, a minute or so of, a minute of silence, just reflecting and honoring, firstly, the Queen, and maybe you've been feeling the loss of someone close during this week. You've felt some of the emotion and the grief. You may be worried about the future, as many are, with the passing of the Queen. What will happen now? And um, just to pray quietly in your mind to just start to um, think about what you're feeling and um, recognizing that. So we'll, we'll, do, we'll do a minute. We'll do a minute. So thank you, Lord, for this minute. We'll start now. Amen.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And Lord, we pray together as we join with millions and millions of people around the world over these next 24 hours, giving honor and thanks for the life of Queen Elizabeth II. We just ask your blessing on the events over the, over the next two days as hundreds of world leaders join and people from all walks of life come and um, give thanks and honor to the Queen. Thank you, Lord. Pray protection and peace and uh, mercy and uh, that kindness that we see uh, in the queue, 14-hour queue, the kindness. And um, as, we, as we start to receive and um, believe that we should best respond to the life of the Queen by following her, her example and start being kinder to one another, start to ask for forgiveness and give forgiveness for one another, that this actually could be the start of a, a revelation of God's love uh, in this nation, that we can come together uh, and understand one another and, and care for one another. And um, we pray, and I believe the Queen would love you and point you, not to the queue of people coming to her coffin, but to another queue to another queue and ask and I pray now just as we minister a little bit of the Holy Spirit coming right now to comfort those uh, as we talked about kindness uh, and we want I want to imagine you in a queue going to see not the Queen in um, that wonderful hall Westminster Hall but joining the queue of people who are coming to see Jesus cosmically in his tomb coming to find and waiting to see and coming to Jesus and I want to uh, ask you to imagine Holy Spirit come now and just help us imagine that we're in this queue and we enter we get closer we enter the tomb where Jesus was laid to rest Imagine the cave, the rock, the boulder rolled away, the darkness, the coldness, and the sheep. Unlike the Queen, lying in state in Westminster Hall, he's not there. Body's not there. He's like Mary, like disciples. Where have you taken him? Where is he, my Lord, my Savior? And we come out of the tomb to the light, the blinding light, as they come out of Westminster. Hall having given tribute and bowed their heads. People come out and that's the end for them. But we come out of the tomb, the empty tomb. The light before us, a man, a voice. Mary. Phil. 
whatever your name is, Ian, Sally, Joe, Jimmy, Clara. <laughs> the dead do not speak. The Lord is alive. And as you come out of his tomb, he speaks to you. He is risen. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. It is not the end. It's the beginning. And we rejoice and we celebrate. And we think you're alive. Death could not defeat him. Death could not keep him bound. He is our Savior who defeated death. Who is the ultimate king and royal priest, our Savior. Thank you, Jesus. We give you our lives. We give you our lives. And we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your kindness. We receive it right now. And I pray for everybody here that you would know and hear God's voice speaking your name out and calling you and knowing that you are one of those who are accepted, redeemed, rescued, because everybody is invited into the kingdom of God. There is nobody out there. There are no enemies who are excluded. There is no us and them. The invitation is for all, whatever our condition, whatever our state, we are free in Christ Jesus. And we give you praise and honor and rejoice. And I just would love if we could uh, applaud the Lord Jesus for being our Savior, for being alive today, for being our King, our forgiver, our kind and precious Savior. And we will worship Him and we will be filled with the Holy Spirit and we will come and we will do out and Go and do likewise. In Jesus' name, amen.